You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, February 10th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to uh, subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to uh, to podcasts. Drop us a, a rating or a comment or review if you uh, if you can. We always appreciate your feedback. Today's show have uh, we're going to do something a little different. I have so many questions that have been sent to the Big Blue View mailbag, which you can reach by simply emailing bigblueview at gmail.com if you have a question that uh, you would like answered. So many questions have, have come in in recent weeks that the, the mailbag is overrun, and I just don't have the ability to answer every question in our weekly Saturday mailbag. So what I'm going to do here today is I'm going to answer some questions that uh, that I won't be able to get to for our Saturday mailbag on BigBlueView.com. So we'll go through some reader questions here. We'll answer those. I will also play for you an interview that I did with SMU offensive lineman Jalen Thomas, a young man who is hoping that a late-season shoulder injury that he suffered won't derail his opportunity to uh, to get a chance to make an NFL roster in the fall. That interview will come up in a few minutes. But first, let's get to uh, let's get to some of our questions. Our first question comes from a reader slash listener who wants to know if the Giants could look to. Uh, Fill their need for a number one wide receiver this offseason by trading for T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. And what a trade for Higgins might actually end up looking like. And my answer to, uh, to that question is absolutely this is an avenue that the Giants could pursue. Higgins, of course, a terrific young player for the Cincinnati Bengals, has uh 215 catches in three seasons, two years of more than 1,000 receiving yards. Higgins at this point, a uh, second round pick by the Bengals in 2020. Higgins is still just 24 years of age, entering the final season of his contract with the Bengals in 2023 if Cincinnati decides that they're not going to be able to afford Higgins with uh, guys like Joe Burrow and and Jamar Chase on the roster, Joe Mixon on the roster, all of those folks, you know, who are going to be commanding big salaries here fairly soon. If the Bengals were to decide that they wanted to move on from Higgins, 
absolutely the New York Giants should be a team investigating the price tag, trying to see if Higgins, if they could bring Higgins to New York. He's exactly the kind of receiver, in my view, that the Giants need. 6'4", 215 pounds, established as a top player in the league, obviously is really the number two receiver in Cincinnati behind Jamar Chase, has the ability to be a number one wide receiver, would give the Giants, would give Daniel Jones a big target type of downfield threat, a guy that can make plays on contested catches, type of wide receiver they don't have, type of talent they don't have on the outside in the wide receiver core. Now the price tag, let's be realistic, the Philadelphia Eagles got A.J. Brown for a first and third round draft pick. I think that the price for T. Higgins is probably at least that much, perhaps more, because if the Bengals were to put Higgins on the market, there would be a number of NFL teams bidding on Higgins services, trying to get Higgins from the Bengals. So the price tag would likely be driven up. So you're looking at committing at least a first round pick, at least a third round pick, and probably more to get T. Higgins. I'm not sure that that is a route that GM Joe Shane would want to take. But yes, it's absolutely possible. Yes, Higgins would look really, really good catching passes from Daniel Jones. He would massively upgrade the Giants receiving core. So yes, you know, it would be it would be wonderful to see him playing for the Giants. I just don't know that it's realistic that the Giants would be willing to pay the price tag that it would require. Our next question comes from Chris Chianese, who wants to know if the Giants move on from Saquon Barkley, who is obviously a free agent this offseason, if the Giants move on from Barkley, what are their options for a running back one? And Chris, there's two, uh, there's two things to look at, of course, free agency and the draft. In free agency, there really is isn't another running back one. Josh Jacobs is out there, but if you're going if you're not going to pay Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs is another guy who's going to require a huge contract, a big commitment. If you're not going to pay Barkley, you're not going to pay Jacobs who uh, had a, another good year in 2022 with the Las Vegas Raiders. Kareem Hunt is also out there, but Hunt is not really a running back one. Hunt is a, a committee type back, a guy that has shared a lot of the responsibility with Nick Chubb in Cleveland. There are some other backs out there in free agency who would be upgrades from Matt Breida, who is the backup on the Giants roster currently. I would think that if the Giants move on from Saquon, what they would do is try to sign some sort of mid-tier running back who wouldn't cost them a whole lot to, to share the load, perhaps with a rookie. The best running back in the draft, a guy who might be a number one or 
is is looked at as a as a first round type pick is Bijan Robinson of Alabama. I don't know that the Giants would look at using the their first overall pick, 25th overall on a running back after moving on from Barkley. I'm not sure that makes sense to me. There are several other backs that could be had on day two, even early in day three, who could develop into solid rotational pieces. I think that if the Giants move on from Barkley, they're not going to be looking for a big-time stud running back initially. They'll be going mid-level in free agency. They'll be going into the draft, trying to find somebody who can be part of a committee, and I think they would approach running back that way, at least in the short term. Our next question comes from Robert Forgione, and he wants to know if the Giants lose defensive coordinator Wink Martindale to the Indianapolis Colts, would they go outside the organization to find a replacement Is there a replacement uh, on the current staff? Robert also wonders if the Giants would have to change their scheme, change their personnel, or whether the new defensive coordinator would have to adapt to the personnel that he has. Robert, in reality, if the Giants lose Wink Martindale, I've written this at Big Blue View in in reference to both Wink Martindale on the defensive side and Mike Kafka on the offensive side. Kafka, of course, still a candidate, one of two finalists apparently for the job as head coach in Arizona. The Giants, I think, would much prefer to stay internal, to promote from within. They've only had one year in the schemes that they are currently running And I think that for the sake of continuity, for the sake of of making things easier on their players, for the sake of of trying to build from where they are already and, and go forward, I think they would much rather stay internal with uh with regards to the defense, I think the Giants have two choices internally. First choice would be linebackers coach Drew Wilson Drew Wilkins, excuse me who is really a Martindale protege, has been with Martindale for about 10 years, You know, most of that time with the Baltimore Ravens, and then last year as linebackers coach with the Giants. The problem with that scenario is I think if Martindale gets the job in Indianapolis, I think Wilkins goes with him, maybe as defensive coordinator, uh, maybe as... Uh, maybe as a linebacker's coach, but I think Wilkins goes with him and ends up with the defensive coordinator title probably in Indianapolis. The the other possibility for me on the Giants coaching staff is defensive backs coach Jerome Henderson. Henderson's been a, a coach in the NFL for roughly 20 years now, a former NFL player, has never had an opportunity to be defensive coordinator, but everyone who plays for him sings his praises. Everybody loves him. Wink Martindale multiple times throughout the year called Henderson the best defensive backs coach in the NFL. Henderson is a guy who deserves an opportunity to be a defensive coordinator. Now, obviously, when you get a new defensive coordinator, even if it's an internal candidate, 
You cannot expect that person to be a Martindale clone. That person will run the defense the way that he believes it should be run. He'll scheme it the way he believes it should be schemed. He will call defenses to his own personality, to the way he believes defense should be played. Obviously, Jerome Henderson, of course, has seen a variety of NFL defensive coordinators. He saw what the Giants did with Wink Martindale. I'm sure that he's not going to overhaul the Giants scheme. If it were Henderson, he would put his own stamp on it. He's a defensive backs coach by nature, defensive back in the NFL. So he may play coverage a little bit more. Don't know. We may find out. But I don't think you can I don't think you can hire a coach and say, you have to run the system exactly the way the guy before you did. That coach is going to do what he thinks is right. Sort of the way that uh, you know Patrick Graham was a pretty good defensive coordinator for the Giants for a couple of years, but a much different personality, a much different style than Wink Martindale. And, uh, and that's just what happens. The coach is going to... He's going to do things according to his own personality and his own style. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Our next question comes from Jason Sorley, who wants to know whether there is a world in which the Giants would use their first two draft picks, currently numbers 25 and 57, both on wide receivers. Jason, I suppose there is a world where that could happen or would happen, depending on how the board broke, if the Giants felt like uh, like wide receivers were the best players for uh, you know that were on the board at at both of those spots and were guys who fit what they wanted to do and could step right in and contribute but I really don't see that happening there are so many different needs that the Giants have needs at linebacker needs at on the offensive line the defensive line cornerback tight end perhaps at running back, especially if they move on from Saquon. There are so many other areas that the Giants have to address that putting all of your eggs in the wide receiver basket just just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we can also make the argument that 
that look, Joe Shane talked about the talent gap between the Giants and the Eagles and some of the other top teams in the league. That talent gap doesn't just exist at wide receiver. The NFL is still a place where you have to build from the inside out. You have to be solid on both lines. The Eagles showed the Giants in 2022 what depth on the on the defensive line can do what a really solid offensive line can do the giants still have a lot of work to do in those areas they need linebackers to to help fill out the front seven of their defense so i just don't see a scenario i just don't see that happening that uh that the Giants would use their first two picks on wide receivers. Our final question today comes from Frank Price, and Frank wants to know if the Washington Commanders called the Giants and said, we will trade you Chase Young straight up for Andrew Thomas, whether or not I would take that deal if I was the Giants general manager. And and Frank, the answer to that is absolutely not. No way, no how, not happening. I'm not trading Andrew Thomas, a guy who has become an all-pro caliber stud left tackle. I'm not trading him for Chase Young. And and yes, I, I understand the genesis of this question. You go back to the draft a couple of years ago and and Giants fans were upset that the Giants missed out on the opportunity to draft Chase Young they missed out on that opportunity by winning a game at the end of the year and uh, allowing Washington to get the number 2 overall pick while the Giants ended up with the 4th overall pick so the Giants missed out on the opportunity to draft Chase Young ended up with the fourth overall pick and their choice of the uh, whoever they felt was the best offensive tackle in the uh, in the uh, the draft that year I would make the argument that uh, that this worked out in the Giants favor absolutely and it brings up a point for me that I always that I always make people obsess about well, we've got to have the number two pick instead of the number four pick or the number three pick instead of the number five pick. You don't know how a player's NFL career is going to pan out. Chase Young won Rookie of the Year in the NFL in 2020, the year when he uh, when he had seven and a half sacks in 15 games, 12 quarterback hits. But Chase Young has played 12 games over the past two seasons had one and a half sacks in 2021 played only three games at the end of 2022 did not have a sack so if you look at what has gone on in the careers of those two young men at this point in time Andrew Thomas has been a far more successful pro at this point over the past couple of years his career arc is is going up. We don't know what's going to happen with Chase Young. He could still turn out to be a fantastic player, but uh, but at this point in time, there's there's no way that I would that I would trade Andrew Thomas for Chase Young. I don't 
I don't think anyone would do that. And if they would, I would seriously question how much football they actually know and understand. You're trading a a, a stud left tackle for a guy who had a bad knee injury, who's played 12 games and had virtually no production over the past two seasons. There, There's not a chance that I would do that. And again, it's just a... Uh, uh, a chance for me to remind people, don't obsess about draft position. What you obsess about, you know, George Young, former Giants general manager during the uh, the 80s and 90s when the Giants won their first two Super Bowls, George Young didn't move around the draft board. George Young just believed in taking the draft as it came to him and trusting his scouts, trusting his evaluation and making the absolute best pick he could when it was his turn, getting it right when it was his turn to make a pick. That worked out pretty well for the Giants. This is a little different era with a lot more movement in the draft, but the reality of it is you can get a great player at two. You can get a great player at four. You can get a great player at 15. You can get a great player at 30. You can get a great player in the fourth round if you do your homework and maybe get a little bit lucky sometimes. But if you scout well, know exactly what you need, exactly what you want, know exactly what a player is, sometimes you can get a great player later in the draft. So obsessing about which pick you have is really, you know, most of the time it's just wasted energy, it's wasted time. So uh, I, I constantly encourage people not to do that. But I know that I'm sort of spitting in the wind on that one. People will continue to do it anyway. All right, Giants fans, let's uh, let's turn our attention now to an interview that I that I did with Jalen Thomas, offensive lineman from SMU and a, a young man who hopes to to get an opportunity to make an NFL roster this fall. As I mentioned to you guys uh, in a podcast the other day, one of the things I'm going to try to do here as we uh, lead up to the 2023 NFL draft is uh, talk to some of the young men who are hoping to hear their names called here uh, in a few weeks. And I have joining me right now one of those young men, SMU offensive lineman, Jalen Thomas. Jalen, thank you very, very much for a few minutes. Appreciate you for having me on here. Thank you. So, uh, you know, we we're talking a little bit off air. You said you, you, you know, you, you're done for the day, done working out for the day. Where are you? And, uh, and you know, what are you, uh, what are you working on these days? I'm in Fort Myers, uh, Florida. I'm at X3 facility. All right now I'm just doing physical therapy and uh, a little bit of training. Um, it's the most training I can do, especially after coming off of surgery two months ago. So, you know, just trying to recover, get us back as fast as I can. But, you know, it's been going great. So, Right. So you're coming off uh, shoulder surgery, and mm-hmm. that, was, that was when? Uh, I had labrum surgery on December 7th of uh, 2020. So. December 7th. Left, left shoulder, right shoulder? Left shoulder. Left shoulder. And how does that sort of complicate your ability at this point to to get yourself in front of uh, of NFL scouts NFL teams let them know what you're about you know show them what you can do I that obviously meant that you couldn't participate in any of the uh, any of the the all-star games that that recently wrapped up 
Yeah, uh, it's probably one of the biggest things. You know, I wanted to get out there and showcase my, my skill set to to these scouts, um, go against, you know, Power 5 schools, you know, play people, uh, players from, you know, the bigger schools and didn't have that opportunity to do it this year. You know, um, wasn't in my cars to do it, you know, had labrum surgery. But, um, you know, that's probably one of the, main, uh, the biggest things I couldn't do this year was showcasing one of the senior bowl games. Then also, um, all, you know, certain things, in terms of weightlifting and all that, you know, I haven't been able to do for two months. So that can kind of hinder things when it comes to pro day. Yeah, obviously unfortunate time for, for an injury like that. But are you you going to be healthy enough to to do some things at your pro day? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, my The physical therapist here at X3 has been amazing. Uh, he's been really pushing me to really get the shoulder back. Uh, strong and you know strengthen as much as he can before I have to go back to SMU for the pro day. So I mean it's it's been great. I've been training, really doing a lot of training here. Um, it's not really hindering me a lot in any of the uh, combine drills. So uh, it's 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 been great. Do you? Uh, I don't think combine invites are are out yet, unless I'm uh, unless I'm wrong about that. But are you expecting to to be invited to the combine? No, it's just the the like you know the forty the uh the five ten five so I'll draw all that stuff I've been able, I've been able to do that stuff because the shoulder doesn't really hinder you from running right so. you'll have to do that you'll be doing all that stuff at your pro day yes sir um I'm curious you know before you got hurt um what were you hearing from teams were you able to you know were, were some were you able to talk to some teams or did you know some teams were uh were looking at you a little bit um really talked to the uh like SMU, uh, our player personnel guy, uh, you know, he was filling me in. What scouts were saying, you know, they um, they loved my versatility. Uh, they would love to for me to showcase the versatility, you know, at any of the senior games, but uh, didn't have that opportunity this year. So, um, but you know, they were just glad, excited to see my versatility this year, especially playing all five uh, offensive linemen spots this year. Uh, they were glad to see that. Uh, they saw the improvement in terms of from last year. Um, in terms of my finishing ability, uh, being more physical, so they're great. They they saw that this year. Speaking about that versatility, did I did I see that you started games at all five positions on the offensive line? Yes, sir, I did. That that's crazy. That is crazy. Is that uh, how how do you how do you even prepare through you know to to do something like that? You know, it was challenging at first, um, especially like when you're going from left tackle to right tackle and then having to go play center the next week. That that, that was a challenge, you know, because, I mean, center in, in itself is one of – it's probably one of the hardest positions I've had to play, especially at the college level, um, and start a whole game at, at that position for an entire game. That, that was pretty hard. Um, in terms of preparing for it, I mean, it was just more, you know, I had a great coach behind me. Uh, the, the offensive lineman guys were, uh, you know uh, – keep pushing me forward to be at the best I can be the whole entire week. So, um, you know, it's great to have people in your corner for uh, helping you to be the best you can be. When you were doing that, were you playing, you know, you would go in one week and play center and the next week and play right tackle or the next week and play left guard or whatever. Is that how that went for you? Yeah. Like I went literally went from left tackle to right tackle to left guard, right guard, center, and then middle game might go from left guard to right guard because of the injuries. It was it was yeah, it was crazy this year. That's the Giants have a player uh out of North Carolina, Josh Azudu, that they drafted in the third round. 
And one of the things that attracted them to Azudu was that kind of flexibility. I think he played every position except center and, and North Carolina would move him from series to series from, from one side to the other side. Um, just explain to people, I mean, it's, you, you're doing things right-handed and then you're doing things left-handed and your, your assignments are different from position to position. I mean, can you, can you just explain to people that in some way that the sort of nuance of how difficult that is to, to bounce from side to side and position to position? No, definitely. I mean, uh, there is a turn, the technical side is it's, it's crazy. I mean, for one, from one player, you know, if you go from left tackle to right tackle in the game, like you're pushing off your right foot, and you you might be dominant on that side, and then you now you have to turn around and your your left leg, your dominant uh, side to push off. Um, you know, which your 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 main hand you're punching with. You know, um, a lot goes into it. You know, especially when a guy wants to come inside on you, ha- having to redirect, and not being familiar. If you're not familiar with that, it's kind of hard. To want to redirect, uh, and that's not really ingrained in you because you haven't really practiced it as much. So, the technical side is it's it's pretty difficult. And had you done some of that, just going from side to side? I think you had played both tackle spots prior to this year, correct? Yeah. And what was the? I'm just curious what the what the genesis of that was, or or what was the idea behind you know you moving from spot to spot was that something you wanted to do was it something that that the team just needed you to do it's more the team needed me to do it my freshman year you know I was playing right tackle um and after that they kind of saw my skill set and said you know we're going to move you to left tackle um so the coaches saw that ability in me and from that point forward I was playing left tackle and then last year and this year they wanted me to move inside scouts were saying okay we want to see some film of him inside um, so they moved me in the guard early last season and then, but I got ended up getting pushed back out to left tackle, uh, due to injuries and stuff like that. So, uh, this really has been injuries, necessity for the team. You know, I'll do anything for the team. And if, if, it, if it has me going out playing different positions each week, I'll do it. Does that make you, you know, we talked about you not really having a chance to, to showcase yourself at, at some of the all-star games, but, but does that, positional flexibility and and experience doing that because a lot of guys a lot teams have to project well can he play inside can he play the right side can he play the left side you know they might have seen a guy play one position his entire career and their need might be on the other side Mm -hmm. I mean does that does that make you you know more valuable does it give you a better shot to to make it in the league you think I don't know if it gives me a better shot. You know, that's up to the scouts to decide, um, you know, and the owners of the team to decide if that makes me more valuable, you know. Um, but I do believe that, you know, it's a great uh, attribute to have to be able to play both sides, especially in the offensive line. Because, you know, I mean, teams need offensive linemen like crazy because each year there's always injuries. Absolutely. And, and it seems like, in the NFL there, you know, teams never have enough guys that, that can, uh, that can move around. And I think only seven or eight guys dress on a, on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So to be able to, to be able to, uh, to play any position on the line is, is incredibly valuable. So do you, 
do you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, have you heard anything on, you know, where you think you might be drafted or whether you're drafted or does it matter to you as long as you, you know, get an opportunity to get into a camp and, and, and show what you can do? I mean, I think everybody who, you know, grows up playing football and gets to the college level wants to hear their, their name called on draft night. And, you know, I, I'd love to have my name called on draft night, but definitely, if that's not in the cards, it's, it's not in the cards. But I definitely believe I, I'm a PFA guy or a late round guy. Uh, if somebody is the one that can take a chance on me, I'm, I'm happy. You know, I just want to go out there and showcase my abilities. I mean, I know I can play at the next level, so. You know, one of the things I was looking at your background, and one of the things that I thought was was kind of cool, kind of nice in this whole, uh, you know, transfer portal era. You spent five years at SMU. Um, you know, I'm just curious, uh, you why you did that. Um, you know, and and if you th- feel like staying in one place, you know, really helped you and and really just helped you enjoy the whole college experience. I think for me, it was more like I, my mom always told me back in the day, if you're going to start something, finish it. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, transfer portal. I mean, if it's if you need to get into the transfer portal, that's on you. Um, but I think for me, it was I went to SMU for a reason. I'm not going to leave SMU because, you know, a couple things get hard. And, you know, because uh, somebody's always told me the grass is always greener on the other side. So um, I just stuck it out. You know, SMU was great to me. Um Met some great guys, especially like, like last year, you know, having, you know, Hayden Howerton, who was there. He was a great leader for me, you know, the guys before me. So, you know, just being able to step into a leadership role this year, um, it's, been, it's been great. It's been great. It's been great. And I'm just curious, you know, if you're sitting in front of uh, of an NFL general manager, NFL head coach, and, and we, you know, we know about your versatility, uh, just just give me the uh, the self scouting report on what you're going to bring to to my team if you're pitching you know if you're pitching to me you know why I should uh, take a chance on you. I mean, I'm a football guy. Uh, love football. I'm very competitive. Um, I do have a mean streak. Uh, that was something that teams were looking at. Kane uh, does because he finished people. You can look at the film. I do finish people. Um, I have a mean streak. I'm versatile. Uh, if you need me to play center, I can play center. If you need me to play both guards, I can play guards. Shoot, I haven't played. I don't know about playing tackle at the next level, but I can then try it if you want me to. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's not afraid to try something new. Um, I just I'm a guy who just loves to compete. At the end of the day. Cool. Hey, Jalen, I appreciate a few minutes. Good luck to you uh, come this April. Hopefully, uh, the shoulder gets healthy. You're able to. Uh, to show folks what you can do this spring and hopefully uh, you hear your name called here in a few weeks. For sure. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on. Thank you. Giants fans. That's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.